Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him alone who does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night, his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. He brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever, and brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever, and killed mighty kings. His love endures forever. Shai Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance to his, an inheritance to his servant Israel, his love endures forever. He remembered us in our lowest state. His love endures forever and freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. God, thank you for this word. Thank you for uh, your compassion and the way that you work in our lives. Be with us now in these next few moments. Give us ears to hear, hearts to listen, and minds to truly understand what it is that you have for us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll confess, this isn't what I planned. <laughs> if you go to my daytimer, you'll see something along the lines of grateful hearts, uh, because it's Thanksgiving. And like a good Christian leader, uh, we're all supposed to have a good Thanksgiving message that's neat and tidy and pretty and makes everyone feel good. But the problem is, is that Thanksgiving is so complicated. We started this service with a land acknowledgement and a prayer against racism and renouncing the sin of white supremacy. How does this fit with Thanksgiving? How does this fit with our text? <laughs> it doesn't, and yet I'm wondering if it actually does. For too long, we have failed to look at our collective story. Those that we read in the Bible, from our ancestors, from our previous generations,
from our beginnings until the present day, God has been there all along. But where is he and what is God doing? And how is his love enduring forever in our lives? I will confess that I struggle with some of the stories that I read when the Israelites go into the promised land and displace uh, the people who live there. What do we do with stories like that? I'm not sure. It's great for the Israelites, but not so great for the others. What do we do when we read in our text about the killing of the Egyptian children, of the killing of kings and the reaping benefits of the war and inheritance of land? But there are people on the other side of those blessings. Thanksgiving is complicated. What do we do with the stories of Christian slave owners or the systemic racism that is still witnessed in the States, around the world and here in Canada? What do we do with our own Canadian history and the atrocities that Indigenous peoples were and are subject to even today? We may have closed residential schools, and I think that that's a phenomenal step forward. But look up these statistics on missing and murdered Indigenous women. Look at the overrepresentation of Indigenous peoples in prison. The fact that they have to fight for clean and running water and to fish in the ocean or receive videos of women who are dying and are being racially profiled and not receiving the proper care. We have a long ways to go between for restitution and reconciliation. It's complicated. Thanksgiving is complicated. How many of us have uttered in our life, when we see someone else down on their luck, we utter the phrase, there but for the grace of God go I. I've said it. I've said it recently. And yet, I don't know what to do with that. God is in this liminal space between what was, what is, and what is to come. When you start to think about that and start to try to wrap your head around that, questions come. Or at least they do for me. I'm a planner. I like to know what's going to happen to have them neat and tidy in a little box. And I want to know what's going to happen. And I want it to happen the way that I planned it to happen. I plan and God laughs. But we have to think about God and what God intended. And I don't think that this is what God intended for our lives. I don't think this is what God intended for our world. And then we come with our choices and our free will. And then comes the ramifications of those choices that we've made. And then comes questions, questions about life, questions about God, questions of doubt. And if I'm honest, sometimes questions about my own unbelief and whether God is big enough to handle my unbelief too. Thanksgiving is complicated because humanity is complicated, because our sin makes it complicated. 
So why did I title this Wonder of Wonders? The expanse of the universe is something that fascinates me. Stars and planets, sun, moon, and how the earth and the cycle of beautiful things that are made new and renewing all the time. God created and continues to create. When I was thinking about this, I was actually going to bed this week and I thought, you know, I should maybe write a poem or something about that. And so with much fear and trepidation, I give to you um, my poem. Wonder of Wonders. Wonder of wonders, God made humanity a microscopic miracle. Who am I? Why me? Why now the questions start? Wonder of wonders, great galaxies are seen. Dust to dust, explosion and fire, creation expanding, demanding. Wonder of wonders, free will and choice, right or left, which way will you choose? Revolution, evolution, lost in a sea of confusion. Wonder of wonders, humanity, a foregone conclusion? Is there any hope to be found? Racism, ableism, sexism, there's no end to all the isms. Wonder of wonders, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, triune, incarnate divinity. How can we know they are sublime? Wonder of wonders, it is enough, little though it may be. Microscopic, minuscule faith, God, creator, still chooses humanity. In his book called Crazy Love, Francis Chan talks about God's crazy love for us. We hear that in the Psalm of Thanksgiving, the Psalm that we've read today. He talks about the, span the expanse of the universe and how God spoke all these things into existence. And it's the same God who created us, who chooses us and calls us good. It's part of our story. He put together a video and I'd like to take a few minutes to show you that video now so that you can see what it is that I'm thinking about when I talk about the wonders of wonders. What did you think about when you watched that clip? Were you amazed? Were you in disbelief? Steve told me that he came across a statistic this week uh, that for every one person, there are 286 galaxies. It's unbelievable. It's inconceivable and it's awesome, incredibly awesome. But how do we take the grandeur of the galaxies and bring that down into our human experiences. Doesn't it feel, and please excuse the pun, lofty? It makes me feel insignificant, and yet God created all of us. From our microscopic beginnings to the people that we've come, become today, God knew we were being formed. God knew and still called us good, Knowing everything about humanity, knowing all of us with all our isms, God still calls us good. I, it blows my mind. But here's the thing, Thanksgiving is complicated. Humanity is complicated. 
we can be so, so good, and yet we can be so, so evil. For some of us, our Thanksgiving moments have been somebody else's pure torture. As a mom of adopted kids, I'm aware of this dichotomy very uh, intimately because my joy is someone else's sorrow. And I have to make room for that in my life. Well, I don't have to, I guess, but I do make room for that in my life because I have to somehow hold that tension and to realize that my Thanksgiving can be another person's, God, where are you? moment. To be mindful about Thanksgiving is complicated. Honestly, I don't know what to do about these passages in the Bible that encounter war and occupation of someone else's land. These hostiles encounter these hostile encounters and stories are really difficult for me to wrap my head around. They're difficult present day too. I don't know why the Bible didn't just come out and say the things that we, in hindsight, now see as really evil. And we see how evil we all have behaved. And by we, I mean individually, I mean as Christians and as a whole of humanity. We, I don't understand how we're called good, and yet God calls us good. The next couple of quotes that I'm going to share with you sum up the, temp the, the tensions that I feel. One is from Anne Marie Miller, who wrote the book Healing Together. She is a survivor of abuse in the church, and she wrote a book for churches and church leaders on how to help sexual abuse survivors in the church. And she says this, we exist between heaven and earth caught in the tensions of holy and evil, laughing and weeping, hurting and healing. I'm so thankful for this book and for the hope that it gives, but the anger that arises from it is anger towards someone that who in a place of authority thought that it was okay to take advantage of a 16-year-old girl, a 16-year-old child. I'm angry that her story isn't unique. I'm angry that she had to muster all her strength together to write this book because nobody else would. Thanksgiving is complicated. Humanity is complicated. God, what were you thinking? Questions and questions and more questions. This past weekend, I attended a conference uh, called Evolving Faith, and I was reminded of this quote. It's one that speaks to some of my many questions, and it helps me again to find my hope. And this quote is from Augustine of Hippo, and he says, Hope has two daughters, anger and courage. Anger at the way things are, encouraged to see that they do not remain as they are. So where is our hope? Our hope is found in the person of Jesus. Our hope is found in the triune God, 
Our hope is found in the Holy Spirit who whispers in our ears the truth we so desperately need to hear, that we need God. It is through God that we can change. It is through the life of Jesus that we learn how to have holy anger and holy courage. And it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are enabled to live life differently, to make amends, to own our wrongdoings, and to admit our complacency to injustice in all forms. It is through God's power, a humble and meek disposition, that we can look on people with love and extend the love of Jesus to them. Jesus ended up on a cross, but all through his life he led with grace. May God grant us hope that we may lean into the anger of the way things are, encouraged to challenge and change behaviors and systems and institutions of oppression and marginalization that continues to oppress people today. That we would stand up and say, thank you, God, for your everlasting love, while also recognizing that our thanks is complicated. But that doesn't make God any less good and it doesn't make us love him any less, for him to love us. Amen.